electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Live from the Nasdaq market site overlooking New York City's Times Square, this is Fast Money. I'm Melissa Lear. Traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Steve Grasso, and Guy Adami. And we're also joined by Jeff Mills, Chief Investment Officer at Bryn Mawr Trust. We begin with the story of the day. Stocks surging, as President Trump says, we have reached a substantial phase one deal with China. But the market closing well off its highs as the news came out. A tariff increase will not go into effect on Tuesday. Huawei will be dealt with separately. And the deal is not yet written, just agreed upon in principle. Let's get to Taylor, Kayla Tausche live at the White House with all the details. Kayla. Melissa, the president says it's the first of a potentially three-phase deal. Uh, he calls it substantial. He says it's bigger than previous iterations of this deal. And, and some of the items you just mentioned were in it. A pledge on currency transparency, a pledge by China to buy up to $50 billion in U.S. agricultural goods. Uh, a tariff hike that was planned for October 15th will not be going forward. And the signaling from the trade representative, Ambassador Robert Lighthizer, was that there will be many weeks between the signing of this phase one deal and that December 15th tariff hike or the December 15th consumer facing tariffs uh, to potentially deal with those. That's going to be important to the market. Now, what's interesting about today's announcement was that up until earlier this week, the president uh, said vehemently that he wanted a big deal. He wanted a comprehensive deal, and it was not his preference to do a deal in pieces. He was asked that question multiple times this afternoon about why he chose to structure the deal like this, given the promises that he had made uh, to the business community and to China on this front. Here's what he said. Because it's such a big deal and it covers so much territory that doing it in sections and phases is, I think, really better. So here's how this first section will go over the next four to five weeks. His top negotiators will be writing the content of this deal. Then when he and President Xi meet at the APEC summit in Santiago, Chile in mid-November, there's expected to be a formal signing summit, according to the president. He said the second phase of negotiations will begin immediately after that signing. There will be uh, protections for intellectual property rights in both this deal and phase two, and potentially in a third deal if they find that they can't deal with everything in two phases alone. Of course, the president gets into an election next year where some of these thornier issues get tricky. Uh, but certainly, Melissa, the president is billing this as a win for the economy and the market, at least throughout the day when it was learning about some of the contours of this deal, believed that it was just that. Uh, and Kayla, this only leaves one month to sort of come to that phase two to prevent the December 15th tranche of tariffs to, from going into effect. That is correct. And I asked the president and the vice premier uh, what made this time different, because the last time the vice premier was in the Oval Office, President Trump said they were four weeks away from a deal, that they were very close, that the last phase was planning this summit with he and President Xi. So we've been in this exact position before. The president said that a lot has transpired in that time that this time is different. Uh, and the vice premier, for his part, said the difference now is cooperation between the two countries. 
we'll see where that leads us, Melissa. All right. Kayla, thank you. Kayla Tausche at the White House for us. Um, we, we faded when we started to get some of the details here, Guy. What, what do you make of, of today's rally? What do you think happens on Monday? Well, it's encouraging. I mean, listen, his, President Trump's supporters will say this is a great deal. This, you know, very positive for both countries. His detractors will be his detractors. I have no idea. I find myself somewhere in the middle, as I usually do. Just looking at it at the surface, it seems as if a lot of what transpired today was in place back in May. I don't know if that matters or not, but that's what it appears on the surface. With that said, the market definitely liked it. Yes, the market sold off late. Maybe people taking profits in the weekend. I have no idea. But you can't dismiss the fact that even with that, the market has traded remarkably well. Steve said it now for a while. You can't fade this market into this news. It just gives us now, though, another probably six to nine months of the same conversations we've had for the last 18 months. Well, hold on. Now, what's the next right. part of the deal? What's going to go on? So I don't think anything's necessarily been solved. And I'm but curious, Steve, for you on this, too, because I think we've had this chat on this desk. Um, I, I almost sense that, I mean, if this is the deal in phase one, and you know, we can break it down, and I, I would be critical of, of phase one because I don't think we needed ag. Um, I don't think we needed a lot of the things that are part of this deal. But, but selling the news to me on a trade deal right now, this deal, I think this is what you have to do. Look, be clear. It's addition because you have not lift. You have not necessarily lifted all tariffs, and there's probably three tranches that we just heard that you could lift out. But to me, the fact is, yeah, great that we actually don't have more tariffs coming on board. But but look at what's happening with the global economy based upon what's been going on. Nothing is changing with that. And do you think confidence is going to be a whole lot better on the back of this? That to me is, and I'm not I'm not an Uber bear here. It was a week where we had the Fed also kind of give you a stealth QE, and you had a lot of other things that are supportive to equities. But if this is the deal, but I don't think you could sell it you know, if you have three phases. I think you have to sell it and sort of lighten up into those three phases. You got to remember we have we have fundamentals coming out. But you can't sell it, but you have to lighten up into the three phases. So no, what you does could, that mean? So, so to Tim's point, he just said you could use this as a selling opportunity <laughs> on this headline. Right. But you know you have two other phases of the trade deal. That's coming. And there were many people, there were many people, well, there were many people who thought that this wasn't even coming, well, you're, right? You're assuming but we're going to get to phase You think three. we're getting three phases? <laughs> there were so many people who said we weren't getting to phase one, right? Uh, up until this, they said, this is a pipe dream. It's not going to happen. So if you do, all right, just bear with, play this out with me. If we do get Let's two and three, it. do you wait for two and three? If I'm telling you we're getting two and three. Do you sell the market or you, you when? get a... When are we getting two and three? As long as it's out there, it's the same thing that, that Guy repeated that I've said for so long, you can't short the market in the face of a potential trade deal, even though... Now, how about this? Do the odds increase that you're going to get two and three if you get one? I think they actually went down. I, I think this was actually gave everybody the reason to kind of go back into their holes how and do they what they down? want to do. But this, is, this, is down, almost the, this is almost the point, right? We're not sure what's going to happen, and it's going to be with us. And it's not just China. We're still negotiating with the EU. There's still NAFTA 2.0 to be ratified. And I think the economy probably is turning, but you're probably going to see negative data from here to the end of the year. So I think that limits the upside. You think it's turning better or down? I'm, I think it's turning better. But I I think it's early. I think the economy is still dealing with, surprisingly, the tightening of financial conditions we saw in 2018 from rising rates. That takes time to to actually flow through the economy. It looks like to us, based on the move lower we've already seen in rates, you'll probably see a bottoming of the global manufacturing cycle in Q1 of 2020. If you look at global PMIs in Q2, only 17 percent were rising. Q3, 35% are rising. So it's early, but you're starting to see that. So I think you play defense for now, and you look for more of those signs to rotate cyclically once you get into Q1. Why do you think the odds go higher of a Phase 3 deal 
now that we have this first phase deal? It's because it's just, just because now just we because can you actually, get there. I didn't think you can get them both in a room. I didn't think you were going to get anything. I thought it was all posturing. I thought it was all pushing it off to the election. But if you're going to get one and we're already talking about IP, we're already talking about tech transfers. So these are a lot of things that we didn't even you, think we were going to do. You think we're getting IP? It, but they have not written he, this agreement He said yet. that yeah. IP is involved in phase one. In phase one. But they well, haven't written anything they yet. They it. haven't put pen they, to paper They agreed yet. in principle, but, and IP was in there, which I didn't even expect it to be in there, let alone, let, I thought that was phase look, three. I, I don't want to you know, put a, a cold blanket but on you Washington's will. victory lap here. No, and I, I don't think I've been terribly cynical. I'm just telling you that as I listen to this deal, and I think, oh, wow, ag concessions, we didn't need agriculture. Concessions. Oh, we're not going to call them a currency manipulator. We're actually going to. We may ask, not call We them may not, and we're going to ask for more that's currency that's transparency. Who cares? We've been talking about this for a long you time. Know I don't think, and tips. by the way, I don't think China's doing anything awful with their currency. I don't think that's been an issue. I think China's currency is actually, if anything, trying to help it not become too weak too fast because it's not good for China. And China, by so, the way, last week said I, that there were some things that are off the table that will never be on the table. What what were those things if it wasn't IP and if it wasn't tech? It's it's probably subsidies. Subsidies, industrial and the, subsidies. Right, exactly. And, and IP, we don't know the structure what... structure of their look, economy. I, look, there's no way they're going to give ground on, on intellectual property and IP for the next century. There's no way. This is this is everything she has built this policy on. China 2025, One Belt, One Road, everything they're so working on. you are on. doubtful uh, about the things that they have agreed to in principle on this first phase. I, I am doubtful that we're going to get substantive progress in things that I think are geopolitical yeah. and structural and will never happen. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, but I, I, it's great to see a deal, but it gets back to what do the markets want to do with this? Well, I, what can you I, really I see? The, the market spoke volumes in terms of where we saw a rally today, right? And then Huge it, rally, even at, even at the session highs. Yep. And what did we not see back down? We did not see back down the defensive sectors. But I think the, the market... Utilities are basically flat. Yep, staples are basically right. flat. We didn't see a huge sell-off in those sectors. But they underperformed. Still, they underperformed. What they sure restored today were cyclicals and tech and, and, uh, and industrials and materials right. and energy. All those things that were tied. So but if so you're a big recession? believer in phase two and phase three, you let go but of I those think, high valuation but, but safety just sectors. Just go with me on this. And, and right. I, I know you've been skeptical and we, the, there's a lot of people who have been skeptical. If this is, it, could this not have been played any better stringing it out for three phases for the administration? You don't want a whole deal. Well, clearly you're buying it, but I'm not no, sure. Well, the market sure bought I'm it. it. The market I mean, bought it. The market bought it today. That's all that we, that's all that we care about. And, and I think, and, and you're right, and our point is that, or at least my point is, I'm not sure the market needs to buy a whole lot more after this. And, and I think Melissa's point is that the market, well, as of 340, when it started to get some details and learned that this is really about currency and agriculture and maybe some IP stuff that we don't know about, the S&P gave up 20 handles. So on a, when, when there was a lot of pessimism, I mean, it, there's, there's no question you're going to get a relief from when this deal is December done. It's 15th, the biggest sell signal. It's the biggest sell the event event. But now with two other phases coming. You sort of put when? back on your heels. Uh, it doesn't matter. That's that's the beauty even, of it. How do they even know that there are three phases? They just at made this that point. up. They made. They made <laughs> it up. It was just genius, though. You already said three phases. We don't even know what phases. Let me phase let me, let me go okay, back. Let's go back though, let me to go how, back how you to play this. The sentiment well one more time. I keep uh. talking about it. I think it's very clear that this is going to continue to be an overhang. We can't agree on the desk what's going to happen. But I'm not an uber bull, but I'm not an uber bear because of sentiment. We talked about it last time, AAII, bull bear. It's a volatile measure, but I think it's at an interesting point. So the last reading... I thought we were talking about rideshare stocks for no, 
second. No, I'm confused. <laughs> the, uh, the, the most recent reading was negative 18%, so 18 more bears, 18% more bears than uh-huh. bulls. If you go back to December of 18, when the market was basically falling off a cliff, the monthly average of that reading was negative 23%. So sentiment is basically where it was when the market was falling out of bed. Now we're near all-time highs. So I'm not saying that shoots us to the moon, but again, I think it does put a floor under the volatility that might transpire when we have this back and forth. I think those bull bear indicators, by the way, I I follow them. I think you're right to look at them, Jeff. Sentiment is is a lot of what this market has, I think, been playing on. There's been a lot of day trading that's been able to be done or week-to-week trading, but those things get quickly resolved, right? You can see very quick swings. It's kind of like relative strength indicators for people that follow um, kind of momentum. And, and I think it's, it's kind of a momentum of investors in the same way you'd be looking at a stock chart. But I, I, I agree. Guy, yes, what yes. do you do here? Well, again, I'm, it's, it's, it is t- tactically good for the president. I mean, he's played this magnificently in terms of what the market's done. I mean, there's no denying it. The S&P's at all-time high, effectively. So good for him. But what has really been accomplished today? It's the same thing that we basically walked away from in May. You can talk about IPOA 1. I'm with Tim. The Chinese are not going to buckle on that, and I think we're going to continue to get strung out. I am surprised because I'm one of those people that said there's no deal, and I'm not quite sure what today is, but the market seemed to like it at least for the day. All right. We are learning some more about this trade agreement from the president. Let's get to Eamon Javers at the White House. Eamon. Yeah, Melissa, the president just left the White House, and while he's on the South Lawn, I had the opportunity to ask him uh, what specific uh, concessions he got from the Chinese side in exchange for holding off on that tariff increase next week. The president talked about the agriculture purchases, and I think that is looming large in his mind here as, as sort of the number one accomplishment of what they were able to do today. He called it an incredible deal. He said it's a very good deal. Uh, he said it's uh, the best deal ever for American farmers. Uh, but when I asked him about specific concessions from the Chinese, the number one thing that he cited just now is those agriculture purchases. That gives you a sense of uh, sort of what the president's prioritizing here. Which is interesting, Eamon, since Kayla made it a point to say that IP was actually included in this phase one agreement. And so if that is not one of the number one things in ag purchases is, I don't know, that, that seems like a huge question mark to me. Yeah, I mean, that's literally the first thing the president said when I asked him the question. Now, uh, you know, you go back to the beginning of this, right? What did, what did the president get into this trade war for? And ultimately, it's, it, there were enormous goals here in terms of uh, restructuring the trade relationship between the United States and China, getting the Chinese to stop stealing intellectual property, uh, those joint forced joint ventures, all of that. Uh, those, those were sort of the initial uh, impetuses, if that's a word, for this deal, uh, for this effort. Uh, but what, when I talk to the president about concessions here in fi- what he's calling phase one, he's talking about agriculture purchases. All right. Eamon, thank you. Eamon Javers yeah. joining us from the White House. Uh, Jeff, you said before that you would still be defensive yeah, I would, in this market. So defensive, how? I think you're in growth. I think you're in utilities probably need a little bit of a pullback, but I think you're in defensive sectors of the market. Even within the more cyclical areas like energy where we position, where we are positioned, we're getting more defensive. So we're going upstream, less exposure to energy. So we're trying to do things in portfolios like that. I mean, really what we're telling clients is at this phase of the game, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to lean too far in either direction, quite honestly. I think you need to look at your portfolio, assess your risks, make sure they're intentional. And if you want to be tactical, be defensive now, looking for more evidence in Q1 that you're going to see the cyclical rotation. Because I think if you see global manufacturing bottom, then you see a bigger chance of cyclicals actually working for a sustained period of time where you can actually trade into them and make money. 
So let's talk about global manufacturing bottom. If you, if you look at where we are kind of week over week, what's outperformed the S&P is the DAX. What's outperformed uh, in the last couple of days, it's even FedEx. So the, if you want to look for places where, first of all, sentiment, as we've talked about also in positioning, is so overdone. FedEx, to me, is an example. And it, it's a big risk here because this is a stock that's been making successive lows. It's been cut in half. It's effectively at five-year lows. But if you think that we're getting to this bottom and you believe that FedEx problems are not just their own, that is one way to look at this. All right, coming up, the other big story of the day, Apple hitting new all-time highs. And the chartmaster says this record run is just getting started. He will explain. We are live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. EdwardJones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Welcome back to Fast Money. I'm Meg Terrell. Outside the Purdue hearing that just wrapped up here in bankruptcy court in White Plains, we are getting an order from the judge that is essentially delaying all of the litigation against Purdue Pharma and the billionaire Sackler family that owns it, but only until November 6th. Now, uh, the parties, Purdue, had asked for six months of a stay of litigation as it faces more than 2,000 suits over its role in the opioid crisis. But at least 24 states are not on board with that injunction. So the judge here kind of splitting the difference and hoping that the two sides can come together and try to work out an agreement over how information is shared here as they all try to potentially work toward a settlement. Really at issue here is uh, the disclosures around the Sacklers bank accounts and financial information that the states who aren't on board with the deal uh, want more information about. And already we're getting a statement from the New York Attorney General uh, who has uh, opposed the settlement offer from the Sackler family saying essentially, quote, we're pleased uh, with the court's desire for transparency, but they do say we look forward to further proceedings and holding the Sacklers responsible for the role they played in the opioid crisis. So guys, uh, a stay or a delay here for about three and a half weeks, but we could see it pick up again back then. Back over to you. All right, Meg, thank you. Meg Terrell uh, in White Plains for us tonight. Lots of news today. Not to get lost in the mix, Apple, that stock hitting a new all-time high. The chartmaster says Apple's record rally just getting started. Carter Worth over at the Plaza to break it down. Hey, Carter. Right, so what's interesting is despite what might look like a rally, the stock is unch over the past 12 months. So unch is nothing, and that is the opportunity. Um, here's a one-year chart. What do you see? What do we know? What do we know is this. If I put some lines on here, we, this is as of yesterday's close I've taken today away. We are right back to where we were essentially one year ago. Now, look how precise this is. This was October 3rd, and yesterday, of course, was October 10th. One year, no progress. Let's look at the price level. This was 229 spot 90. This is 230 spot 44. Call that $230. Call that $230. Let's put our line back in. And what is a conventional bijuncture or a breakout? Here's our line. And today, if we've got a magnifying glass here, take a look. We just broke out, like in a way, day one. So an important development. And I think you can also draw the uptrend line like that. And this, in principle, is the beginning. So year-to-date figures are irrelevant. What is relevant is no progress in a year, just breaking out, uh, should follow through. 
All right. Carter, thank you. Carter Worth, uh, we do have some breaking news coming out of the White House. We want to get to Kayla Tausche. Kayla. Melissa, during that Oval Office meeting, the vice premier of China handed President Trump uh, an envelope that in it uh, had a letter from President Xi Jinping. We're now just getting the text of the letter and a translation of it. And I want to read you a paragraph from that that our producers are providing. Uh, it says a healthy and steady China-U.S. relationship serves the interest of our two countries and the world at large. I hope the two sides will act in principle and direction you and I have agreed to and work to advance China-U.S. relations based on coordination, cooperation and stability. It goes on to talk about values of mutual respect and to expand cooperation for mutual benefit to restore U.S.-China relations uh, back along the, the right track, Melissa. It really seems that while President Trump views this as a partial phase uh, of a broader deal, that it is a course correction for the U.S.-China relationship. President Trump in the Oval Office multiple times said this deal is not only good for the U.S. economy, it's good for world peace, and that it's bigger than just the contents of the deal itself. Kayla, thank you. Kayla Tausche at the White House for us. Just quickly, Carter was uh, talking about Apple and the record runs. Should we continue to count on leadership, Guy, out of technology in this market environment? I mean, why not? I mean, Steve said this the other day, and I'll echo it. I mean, I said take profits in Apple, and I'll say it again. I would say the same thing. In terms of discipline, the right thing to do, my opinion, was take some money off the table around that 230 level, which was last October's high, as Carter just pointed out. But if you want to trade the stock now, given what we know, you now have a bogey on the downside to trade against sort of the close, the 2.30 close from last October. Reports on October 30th, it probably continues to rally. There are some names that have gotten whacked that might be worth a look. I think Xilinx, for example, the big sell-off in Xilinx basically held 90 bucks. That could be an interesting play. Shoot against 233.47 to be exact in Apple. That's what you use as your, as your support. Everything was outsized today based on the China-U.S. trade headlines. Watch that level to hold next week. All right. Up next, we have final trades. Stay tuned. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. It is time for the final trade, Tim Seymour. It is, and it, it's hard to say that transports can make a quick U-turn here, but from where we have come from, I think this rally in FedEx today is something I would stay behind FedEx. U-turn, nice. Thanks. Jeff Mills. I like Apple here at a car's point. The chart looks good, and you're buying it at a lower valuation at these new highs than you were at previous all-time highs. I think it goes higher. Stephen Grasso. Roku. I know there's a bunch of upgrades that we're looking at. The stock has bounced dramatically off the lows. I bought it around the lows. I sold it today. You know what's fascinating? You know, I worked at United Parcel Services. You worked amongst many other places. Was that your favorite? Of all the jobs you've had since you've been on Fast Money, would you Shake Shack that? was fun. 
But, but that was you, the best costume. The UPS, UPS costume. Yeah. But you, had wear, you had to wear a hair net. Do you have a hair no, net on? Tim, I didn't wear a hair net. For Shake Shack. Well, that, I wouldn't no, admit I didn't that. Did. I did not wear a hair net. That's a I wouldn't violation. admit that. He, he would have needed the hair anyway. net 10 years ago. But what I was going to say was, you know, it's, I learned this. <laughs> UPS trucks do not make left-hand turns in the city. You knew that? Yeah. Why not? Because it's easier. It's more efficient. They, they so around. it's more efficient. They go right, 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 right. right. You go right, right, right. You can make circles, concentric circles. What's your point, guys? I don't a, know. We have a, a lot of time school. left in the show. It's a trade school. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Can and I will say, if all this, Cleveland Cliffs. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Don't go anywhere. Options Action starts right after this. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.